Hey friend, welcome to On The Daily. I'm your host, Danielle McCleary, and I am a quantum business coach. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm a multi six-figure entrepreneur, co-founder and president of HypeU Media and CEO of Danielle On The Daily Coaching. What I'm really interested in is helping you live a life and have a business that is a full body yes. So through all of my education and all of my experience, I'm bringing you two episodes a week where I will guide you and give you the tools necessary to scale a massive, sustainable, and sexy business using your intuition, wealth energetics, and human design. What we can call it is business biohacking. So if you're down for that, then I say let's frickin' go. I'm so glad you're here. On the Daily Family, you are going to love this one. I told y'all we were going to do it and it was going to be amazing. And this is the, I think, the most requested episode I've had in a really long time is do a tax episode, do a tax episode. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to try to do a tax episode by myself. So I'm going to bring the queen on. And so that is why we have Kristen Prosser, my tax guru, everyone's tax guru. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. It's so funny. I feel like who would want to hear about taxes, but I'm glad that people want to hear. That's great. I, well, I say the same thing. Cause like, I feel like nobody ever wanted to know about taxes. And now that so many people are starting their own businesses, I also yeah. feel like I never cared about taxes until you. And now having financial literacy is like one of my top priorities and something that I actually get like really into. And so I think I have you to thank for that because you you do really like explain things in a way that helps the entrepreneur understand, but also I feel really empowered from working with you. Yeah, good. Yeah, no, that's good. And it, it's true. There is a lot more people that have their own businesses now. Before it was most people had, you know, they worked in corporate, they got a W-2 and doing taxes was super easy. And it's not quite as easy when you own your own business, but owning your own business opens you up to have, you know, a super awesome life too. So that's yeah. great. Um, yeah. and I actually didn't even, I came into entrepreneurship or whatever, you know, I started my business kind of out of necessity. And then I'm like, you know, a lot of people don't know about this. I should work with all small businesses and that's mm -hmm. what I've done. And I've been really happy to do that because the people that I work with are people like you that have small businesses. They care. Like you know, people are doing this for a living. This is their livelihoods. Mm -hmm. It's not like working with, you know, Coca-Cola or Microsoft that it's a huge corporation and it doesn't, I mean, it matters, but you know, people aren't super connected to the, to the numbers, but when you own a business, you definitely care because that's, that's how you're living. Right. Um, that's how you're feeding family. That's how you're paying other people's paychecks and they're feeding their families. You feel very connected to it. So it definitely matters. It matters. And it also is like, it's when, I think when you do own your own business, like I say this all the time, I'm like, listen, I tried, I used to be the person that's like, I'll do it all, like whatever, I'll do everything. And like, I'm no longer that person. Like I'm, I outsource, like it's my job and I am all about putting the people in their genius in the correct roles. So when I was really leaning into my business, especially like my coaching business, I was like, okay, I'm not going to sit here and have like the thorough I, I'm not going to be as thorough as I should be if I try to do this alone. And I also had been working with like a tax company for a long time that was very old school. You know, it was like a lot of the like, don't worry, sweetie, like we'll take care of it all. Mm -hmm. And like, that's nice in a sense. And I think 
having financial literacy and really understanding like, why are we make like, why do we put these different things in different boxes? And like, how do we maximize write-offs every year to make sure that it's good for my business? And like, what is even possible? These are all things that I really didn't know. And now, although I don't do it myself, like obviously I've hired your whole team to take care of these things. I understand it, which only I think empowers the entrepreneur. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't have to know how to do it, but you have a basic understanding of of what we're doing and why. And then, I mean, you at least know when we send you something, how to look at numbers and you're like, okay, now I get it. So, you know, I've made this much this month and I have this much to spend, like you can make decisions off of it. Mm -hmm. So that's important. Yeah. When did you found you? Cause when did you start the accounting collective? So I officially started it in 2013. So I'll kind of share the genesis. I was working for a large accounting firm, like right out of college. And basically it's just kind of known that when you go into a big firm that you are, you know, you're not making much money and you're working a ton of hours. Like I was literally sleeping under my desk most nights. I was working 80 to hundred hours a week year round. And that's just expected. That's how you put in your dues in the industry. And after a couple of years, I was feeling pretty burnout and I moved to like a smaller regional firm and was still working quite a bit, like 60 hours a week is super standard. And then about 80 hours during, you know, tax season. Uh, and I had a child when I was 25 and then I got pregnant again. And my husband at the time was a CPA too, but he was Mm. doing audits. So he was traveling a lot. And I'm like, I can't keep up with this schedule and not see my babies. And, um, so I, I actually asked to go back part-time and part by part-time. I was like, can I go back like 40 hours a week on a flex (laughs) schedule? They were like, no, we need you, you know, you're managing clients. Like we need you here more than that. So I, I left in 2013 after I had my daughter and the firm I was working for was like, you know, a lot of the clients that we have, you know, their, their books are total garbage. When we get them, we can't do tax returns because their bookkeeping is bad. So, um, they gave me one bookkeeping client and that was kind of all I did for a little while. I had like a newborn, so I was fine with it. Then in 2015, when my daughter was two, uh, I got a surprise divorce. (laughs) So my husband came home one day and he was like, and this is over. And I was like, I literally thought he was joking. Um, so at that point I was like, Oh shoot, I really need to do something with this. And I moved back in with my parents. I was sleeping on my parents' couch with my two kids. It was was like, this is not, this is not going to work for me. So I was like, okay, I'm, I have to make this work. I, I have to like actually build a business out of this. And I, I mean, I was going like on Craigslist, looking for people, looking for bookkeepers. It was, I was doing all the things, right. I was hustling and I just built it from, from that. And so it was at first just bookkeeping clients. And then those people were like, well, I need a tax person too. And I was like, well, that's how I, that's how I was trained, you know? And so over time I, it just kind of built up and my clients referred other clients. And now we have, you know, like 250 clients and I have a team of people. And I mean, so I, I, I get it. Like what I was saying, I, my business is, is important to me. It was like my lifeline. It was how I was able to like move off my parents' couch with my kids mm-hmm. and, you know, moving into my first like apartment with those kids. I, I just was so grateful. I was just bawling, you know, like mm-hmm. I was so proud of myself that I could do that. 
And uh, so my business was so important. So I'm like, I, when people come to me and they're like, you know, help me understand this. Will you help me with my accounting? Like, I know that their business means something to them too. And like, I want to take care of it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I take it seriously. So that's kind of how it all started. And uh, like I said, now I have a team of people that help like on the bookkeeping side, we have some people on the tax side and yeah, we do all, all the accounting things. So it's fun. It's pretty. And you have a lot of women. Like it's like a, like I know most all women. Yeah. I was going to say everybody I've worked with has ever been a woman. So I think that's really cool because I assume that the like industry at large is a very male dominated industry. Am I it is. correct? Okay. And so probably like being able to like build the business you want from the ground up doing what you're a trained to do, but like, you're also passionate about it, but then also getting to like bring in like really badass women to do it with you. That's awesome. Yeah. It's nice too, especially because a lot of the women on my team have kids at home. Like I have kids, my kids are nine and 13 now, but you know, I wrap up my day and go pick them up from school. And then, you know, my son plays football, my daughter's a dancer. So like I go to the things I do all the mom things too. And Mm -hmm. it was important to me to be able to have a career and be a mom. I didn't want to have to choose. Um, I actually tried the stay at home mom thing for a little while. And I was like, Oh, this is not for me. (laughs) I thought that was like the whole role of womanhood. And I was like, no, no, no. I mean, I think it's awesome when women can, like, I think like my mom, my mom was a stay at home mom and like, she's a saint for it. I realized like very early on as well. I was like, Oh, okay. Well I'm that, mm, that's not me. However, you know, now I've built the business that I've built and I'm building and have been able to like move into this beautiful house. And I have like this custom designed office in our home that is Mm -hmm. like my, it's like my office, but I'm like still home. Like it it really is crazy when you get to build it yourself and you go, wow, I can actually do it all if I want. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's great. And you can take time off and you can go, you know, be in your kid's class and go to the parties and do all the things, you know, Yeah. and you don't have to sacrifice it. I was very big on that. So, you know, we don't have, I mean, we obviously have tax deadlines at my company, uh, but it's kind of like, get your stuff done whenever you get it done. Like nobody's looking over your shoulder. Like, where is this? Where is this? It's Mm -hmm. very much, we, we work as a team, but we work independently. And sometimes we're working, you know, at 10 o'clock at night after mm-hmm. all the things from the day are done. And sometimes we're working during the day and it doesn't really matter. I mean, and honestly, thank goodness for that because, uh, we just, we just filed an extension for my stuff. So yes. I was yes. like, you said that and I was like, hi, I'm the problem. It's me. I'm the one. No, a lot of people file extensions. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever not filed an extension. Like I'm like, you know what guys, like April 15th really doesn't work for me. So we're yeah, going to just, push it to June and hope for the best. Um, okay. Well, I think this is awesome. And like, I love that, like your story is so cool because obviously this is a business podcast. So I love the reason I love working with you a, like I've all the things I've said, you empower me, you have made my life so much easier, but also like you're one of us, like you, you get it on like a very deep cellular level. And like, you really do feel that. I mean, like if you're listening to this episode and you have been like knowing that you need an accounting firm to do your books and your taxes, like you have to click the link in our show notes and get in touch with Kristen. Cause working with you has been everything for my business, like everything. So well, that's thank my, you. yeah, that's like my thank you to you for that. Um, okay. So what I've done is I've asked like my whole network, like 
who has questions for Kristen. And there are a lot of them and a lot of them are around like getting smart with write-offs and things like that. So I'm going to kind of, I mean, some of them are kind of the same. So I'll go through some of these and, you know, give us your best, give us your best advice for these. All right. Okay. So number one, um, is a good one. Somebody said, how important is it to track everything, receipts, et cetera, who you had dinner with, what you talked about. This person feels like there's a lot of differing opinions out there and Mm -hmm. is curious to know your opinion on that. Yes. So there are a lot of different opinions here. So there is the technical advice that I'm supposed to give, which is you track everything. If you go to dinner, snap a picture of the receipt and write on it. I had dinner with it. You know, Kristen and Danielle had dinner and you save a picture of it. Now, in actuality, and what I actually do is I don't save any of the receipts. Um, I save things for large purchases. Um, And when I say large purchases, like if something's like over a thousand dollars or like kind of out of the ordinary, I will save a picture of the receipt or a copy of the invoice or whatever. Now, with that being said, here and here's why you save pictures of receipts. It's in case you ever get audited. So I luckily have not had a ton of my clients be audited. I've had a handful. So in audits, what happens is they want to see proof. So oftentimes, especially for things like meals, your bank statements or your credit card statements is going to be good enough for that. Now, if you got a real jerk on your hands, they could be like, I need the actual receipts. And then you, you would kind of be screwed, but I've never had that happen. So that's the reason that you're saving receipts for things like meals. I mean, every time you go to Starbucks, if you're snapping a a picture, you're going to go crazy. So I would say you don't need to do that, but some people do and it's fine with them and fine. If you're doing that, then good for you. But like saving your receipts in a shoebox or a bag, like do not, don't, don't do that. You'll drive yourself crazy. I'm so glad but you said that. If you're buying like equipment, you know, I have clients that do like manufacturing or whatever they're buying inventory equipment. You're going to get invoices emailed to you. Obviously, you're going to have it in your email if you ever need it. I wouldn't stress about like being super nuts about having this categorization system because we do that in the accounting. So, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about the receipts. I mean, that kind of like kind of goes with like what I'm up to right now, like getting this house and like buying all this furniture and like a lot of it, even if it's not like in my office, like I'm using my whole house as a studio. So like I've gone back and forth with you on like, what can I write off? What is not okay? And like how much of this should be, but I save, but you know, my $4,000 desk, I absolutely have, I have the invoice for that in my email if we ever need it, but I didn't like print it off and categorize it into like a filing folder. (laughs) Correct. And there is a way actually in QuickBooks to like upload the receipts for things and attach it to your, to your expenses. Now, Mm -hmm. some people like to do that. I think it's a waste of time personally, Mm -hmm. because you're only going to need it in very drastic circumstances. So in those circumstances, you can go find it in your email. But if you, you know, Mm -hmm. are very about things, then you can go ahead and do that more power to you. But I personally don't do it because I just, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. I have uh breezy who is my director of ops. She will like save all of my receipts in like one folder in my email and she just like sends it there. And I'm like, great. I'm not looking at it again. Like if I ever need it, it's there. And I feel really great about that. Like <laughs> we're good. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, great. I'm so glad you answered that question. Um, okay. So that one kind of takes us right into like, what can be written off? 
and what can't be written off in terms of like supplies, house stuff, moving, travel. Like what are your best practices Mm -hmm. for what can be written off and what can't? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to, this is going to be a long-winded answer. And the reason is because it, it depends. So if you are just starting out and you are what is considered a sole proprietor, meaning you don't have a legal entity, like you're not an LLC, you're not an S corp, you're a little bit more limited on what you can write off. Um, so you can still write off travel meals, things like that, but our most aggressive strategies for writing things off is within an S corp structure. So let me kind of explain how that works. So when you're first starting out, you're just a sole proprietor. Like you're running things through your own personal bank account. You're making money, whatever. Then a lot of people think, oh, setting up an LLC is where, where the tax savings happens. And that's actually not true. And the reason is because an LLC is simply a liability protection mechanism. It's a legal a legal like encasing for your business. So like if, I mean, I'm trying to think in your business, if you give somebody some advice and say, do this in your business and their business totally fails and they say, you know, F you, Danielle, my business failed, I'm suing you. Then they're not suing you personally. They're suing your business. So you have some protection there. Which then so we, that's call, then we call Karen. Then we call our good friend, Karen, and we then go, we hey girl. Karen. Hey girl. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Karen, our lawyer friend who solves all of our problems. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, um, so, so that's what the LLC does. Now, then there's a tax election called an S corp election, which means that you still get to be an LLC legally, but with the IRS, you get taxed as an S corp, because if you're an LLC and you're only one owner, it's considered disregarded for tax purposes, which means you don't file a separate return. Everything just gets filed like you're a sole proprietorship. The problem with an LLC is that you pay something called self-employment tax, which is an additional 7.65% on top of your normal tax rate. So I know- Is that in every state? Sorry, is that in every state? This is federal. Yeah, so this is to the IRS. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what we try to avoid now. And that's on your net income. So if your net income is $1,000, it's not that big of a deal. It's when your net income gets higher that this makes a big deal. So usually I'm telling people once they're hitting about 60,000 of net income, you absolutely want to switch to an S corp because you're going to save a lot more in tax. You're going to save on self-employment tax just off the bat. And then there's a lot more tax strategy that we can do. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I can get into some of that tax strategy, but just basic write-offs. So one one thing that people ask me a lot is like around meals. Meals has now gone back to 50%. So like in 2023, you can only write off 50% of your meals. Um, a business meal has to have a business purpose, meaning like you're not just, you know, grabbing McDonald's on the way home, right? So that's right. not a business meal. So this would be, and it doesn't have to be a meal either. So like this can be, you're grabbing coffee with somebody and you're talking about work or you're thinking about like, if you meet somebody and you're thinking about interviewing them for the podcast, that's a a business meal. Mm -hmm. Um, now for you, Breezy is an employee of the company. So you guys having meals now that's a business meal Mm -hmm. a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. or if you're having dinner with other people and you're talking about business stuff, business meal. So Mm Like my husband is also an employee of my company. We go out to dinner with friends. We're talking about things that happened at work, business meal. Now, so that's kind of the differentiating between whether it's a business meal or not. If you're traveling for work, 
anything, any meal, even if you're by yourself is a business meal. Uh, travel is, is another one. So I actually have a lot of influencer clients. So, which means that a lot of their travel is automatically for business. In fact, I had a conversation with somebody who's going to be attending your wedding and said, can I write off the cost for going to Danielle's wedding? And I said, yeah, you're going to be talking about business. This is somebody that you do business with too. Yeah. So like we've literally started a business together. (laughs) Like, Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, that's going to be a business expense too. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the caveat there is that he's bringing his girlfriend. So I said her like airfare would not be deductible, but his Mm -hmm. would be, Mm -hmm. but the hotel would be meals when he's traveling the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So that kind of travel is business deductible. Uh, If you're an influencer and you're going for shoots, things like that, that's deductible. Mm -hmm. Now, um, if you're taking your family, Okay. So you're, I don't know if you're going on a honeymoon or not. I didn't ask you, but so that's, that's where we get into like some of the gray area. So usually honeymoons, I'd be like, absolutely not. If you're going and you're checking out, um, like I tend to always make it business purpose. I'm like, I'm going to go talk to another accounting firm, or I'm going to have a client meeting out there. Cause I have clients all over the U S or in mm-hmm. actually some abroad too. So I'm like, I'm going to have a meeting. I'm going to do these things. So I try to make it business purpose as well so okay. that it can become deductible. So let me, I'll just so, give you my, I'll give you like our example of our honeymoon and then you can kind of use that as a case study. Okay, like cool. we're going to, we're going to take a honeymoon in the fall. We're going to go for six weeks and we're going to go to Bali, the Maldives, Kokomo and Egypt. And Amazing. on every location, we're going to do photo shoots to use okay. as marketing materials for my business. We are also, I have a client I have a couple clients in different cities and we're going to meet up with them to discuss their business while I'm there. Business trip. <laughs> yeah. Hi, hi, so, hi. <laughs> yeah. So there are some like guidelines about like, it's supposed to be 50% or more business. I mean, the, the real risk here, and, and this is always going to go back to the risk is that you're audited and it gets questioned. So a lot of times now I'm aggressive with my tax strategy because I'm now I wouldn't recommend anybody do something that I wouldn't feel comfortable doing. I run a lot of my travel through and I'm like, if it gets questioned and it gets thrown back, fine. So be it. Uh, but a lot of times I'm pretty aggressive. So I tend to ride that line. Now, mm-hmm. people that are super conservative, they'll tell me like, uh, I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't want to take any travel. I'm not doing any of that. And I'm like, okay, fine. But yeah, I Chris, Kristen, I will always want to take all of the travel. Like yes, you just yes. you just know that about me. But also, I yeah. think like you and I had this conversation once and I think this kind of applies is I've been I've asked you about like cuz I'm also like yes, I'm a business coach, but I'm also a content creator. And a lot of like what I yes. do is creating content for my business. And so, if I take a trip and like it is a I rent an Airbnb that's a super Instagrammable Airbnb that I can take pictures in and like create content and like even record a podcast episode in and then, you know, use that for my business. I'm going to do it every single time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I totally agree with that. And this is where there's a difference between, um, and I don't want to like shame the older generation of accountants, but when you have you know, somebody that's doing your taxes, your accounting, that's older, that has like that very old school mentality, business has changed a lot. Mm -hmm. So they will automatically look at those things and be like, no, that's not deductible because that's how it used to be. Like 
business executives back in the day, they didn't do any of that. Like that didn't exist. So like to what them, was they're like, content no. creation. That wasn't even yeah, a they're thing. Like, no, that's not a thing. That's, that's just for fun. It's like, no, that's not for fun. It's work. And makes me a shit ton know, of money. money. Yeah. And it makes me money. Yeah. So uh, that's where there's a lot of different ways to do things now. Like I have, you know, clients that do OnlyFans. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of expenses that go into that, that you would normally be like, that is definitely not deductible. I mean, they have like nails and hair, right? That they have like, you know, dildo expenses. They have, you know, lingerie expenses, all the things, um, which that would not be a a write-off, but for them it is. It is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. See, and I, I think like that was like one of the biggest things I've learned from you is like, Oh, well, first of all, like I have an S corp. So like, that was, that was like a thing for me from the beginning was like, I knew that that was going to give position my business in the best possible place. But also like, I've learned a lot from you in that way, because it's not hard to turn travel into a business trip, right? Like it's really not. And it's not like you have to, you know, hold a board meeting in the middle of like a, a conference room in the middle of like a big city. It's, it really isn't like that. And like, you know, depending on what our business is, like a lot of us who work for ourselves, we do, we are multifaceted. I'm not just a coach. I'm also a content creator. I'm also a podcast host. I'm also, you know, I also run a media company. Like there's a lot of different things and just Mm -hmm. like the education that you've given me on that has made it so much easier to plan travel and to plan meals and like, you know, employing breezy. And then we talked about like employing my son and, Mm -hmm. you know, all, all of these other things, it makes it so much, so much easier. And also, you feel so much more empowered, but like, also you, you feel more like a boss. You're like, yeah, this is a business mm-hmm. expense, you know? Right. Yeah. And then, and it's funny because before the podcast we talked about, you're like, oh, you're not like a Dave Ramsey. It's funny because I'm actually, I don't do the Dave Ramsey thing and that I'm not a fan. Um, Same. because I'm like, no, spend the money. Like you're making money, enjoy your money, spend it. Mm-hmm. You get to write it off. Like you mm-hmm. have the best of the world. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, which leads me to the next thing that a lot of people ask me about car expenses. And when you have a business, all of a sudden that ends up being one of the bigger expenses that people have. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's not just mileage. People are like, Oh, I'm going to take mileage. Mileage usually doesn't get you as far as taking actual expenses. Now, depending on kind of how your business is set up, you can take, I mean, and depending on what kind of car you have, if it's a large car or a small car, if it's over 6,000 pounds, you can depreciate. Now, starting in 2023, it's gone down to 80%. You can depreciate 80% of the whole thing. Um, but that's like, like a G Wagon, G Wagon Range Rover, those like bigger cars. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people buy the G Wagon so they can write off most of it. Or yeah, it was like all I of have it a G Wagon and I wrote off the whole thing. Like I, I personally did that. So I wouldn't recommend it to somebody unless I would do it. Um, so that, or like a truck or whatever, but even if you have a smaller car, like a normal size car, uh, you get to ride it off over five years. So now I feel like you can't buy a car for under what, like 60 grand. So you take 60 grand, you divide it up over five years and that it's not exact math, but those are your chunks over Mm -hmm. five years. Plus you get all the expenses associated with your car. So the gas car washes, repairs, any, anything, um, to do with your car. So that ends up getting you a lot further than mileage would. So, uh, don't forget to write off your car and that's available to anybody. So whether you have a sole proprietorship, an LLC, an S corp, make sure you're writing off your car 
in the most advantageous way. Yeah. Thank you for doing that for me because I had no idea. (laughs) Um, And then another question kind of on the same thing. Is there a max write-off limit in comparison to earnings from your business? Like, is there a... No. And so that is something that people ask me to like, is it bad if I have a loss? No, it's not. It means you're paying less tax. However, there, I will say, um, especially for people that have like sole proprietorships where it's just showing up on their, on their personal return. If you show a loss for five years in a row, that could be considered a hobby. So the IRS will look at that and say, this isn't a business. This is a hobby, especially if you have something because there's there's codes that we use to say well, what kind of business you have and we have to describe the business activity so especially if it's something like a, a hot one is like horse horse racing that one gets questioned a lot because if you have losses and you're a horse racer they're like this is a hobby this is not a business because you're losing money year after year you can't write off those losses but if it's something like i mean business coaching well, maybe you're losing money because you're just not a good business coach or because you're taking advantage of tax strategy, but you know, that's more legit, but we mm-hmm. want to make sure that you're not showing losses on your personal schedule C year after year for more than five years. You should be careful about that. But in like on an S corp return, if you're showing losses, that's all right. And sometimes you show a loss for things like depreciation, if you're depreciating your car or equipment or things like that, and that's totally fine. Right. Yeah. I mean, cause I've had months like that where like certain months have been lower, but like what I've actually written off and like ways that I've invested into my business have been more, but then it's always like balanced itself out later Correct. on. Yeah. And then kind of along with that, what about like, do you, when do you recommend kind of getting the entity, the, the S corp status, like right away? Do you recommend after you hit a certain amount of like income? Like what's your general take on that? Okay. So my general rule of thumb is at $60,000 of net income. So when I say net income, we're going to take like your gross earnings. So anything you've made during the year, let's call it a hundred thousand dollars minus your, your business expenses. So if, if you've made, if you had 20,000 of business expenses, now you have 80,000 of net income. So the hundred thousand that you made minus the 20,000 that you spent, you have 80,000 of net income. A business with that activity should be an S corp all day long. The only time it shouldn't is if you have, um, for, I have some, a lot of real estate investors. If you have real estate, uh, you want to keep real estate in an LLC, not in an S corp. So in those situations, we set up a separate LLC and move, uh, the property into the LLC and then have a separate S corp for the other things. But mm-hmm. that's the only time when I wouldn't do it. Um, otherwise definitely an S corp for some people setting an S corp before the $60,000 mark makes sense if they want to use certain tax strategy or if they have high, like if they have, you know, a side hustle and they have W-2 income or their spouse has W-2 income. Because if you have an S-corp and we run a lot of tax strategy through it and you produce the loss, that then offsets like your spouse's W-2 income. Mm -hmm. So like for your situation, let's say- Yeah. Like if if Breezy had a W-2 and I'm just going to throw out random numbers, like let's say she had a high W-2 of like uh, $500,000 a year, right? Now a W-2 is something that you just slap on a tax return and there's nothing we can do with it. It it is what it is. Now, now let's say if your business only made uh, $10,000 last year, we could still make you an S-corp and take all sorts of deductions against it. 
we could, and I'll go through what we do in S corps, like children's payroll, running spouse on payroll, um, maxing out a 401k. We could take the Augusta strategy for your house. And I'll explain what all those mean. And let's say at the end of the day, you had a loss of $60,000, that negative 60,000 would go against her 500,000 of income. So in that situation, it makes sense to do it before the 60 K. So mm -hmm. it kind of depends on your personal situation. Um, but usually 60,000 is my recommendation because well, and that's what I, yeah, well, that's what I did. I mean, cause I was still on W2 with soul cycle for a long time, making really good money there. And so like the offset of that was like, and I think this is actually before I really switched everything over to you, but I mean, yeah, like mm -hmm. I filed S corp, like as soon as I launched, like yeah. it was an S corp, even though it was, I probably wasn't even making that much, but I was like, I can offset my taxes in this Absolutely. way. And yeah. My tax bill went way down, which was way good. Yeah. And that's the thing too. Most of my clients, once they switch to an S corp, they are like alarmed by how little tax they're paying. They're like, is this legal? Is this right? Am I going to get arrested? I'm like, no, this is the beauty of owning your own business. I'm telling you. <laughs> like, and, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it, it's quite amazing. Like if you go from working like a, a corporate job or like a job where you're getting a W2 and all of a sudden you start your own business, it is very different because you all, all of a sudden I mean, you could still get a W-2, but it, usually it's a lot lower if you have your own business and then you can take all these deductions against it. So your tax bill is just drastically lower. Right. Well, and I mean, this is why I always laugh when people are like, man, like people take advantage of tax strategy and like all these rich millionaires and billionaires, they're just like taking <laughs> advantage of the system. I'm like, no, it's actually the opposite. They've just mastered the system. And actually like, if you want to fuck the patriarchy, go get rich. Like go make a shit yeah. ton of money because the people who are like yes. buying planes and writing them off, like that's a legal tax strategy. That's why people like Grant Cardone and Jeff Bezos and, you know, probably Bill Gates report that they made nothing because they've figured it out. <laughs> like They have. And I, and I firmly believe like, I actually had to do a lot of work on like my money mindset when I, when I started all this, I mean, I, I see a lot of people's earnings, right? So, mm -hmm. so I see a lot of things and, and I have conversations with my clients. So I kind of get a sense of who they are as people. And the truth that I have seen over and over is like so many people, I mean, I was raised in like a very conservative Christian household and it was very much like money is the root of all evil, that whole thing. So no, I had to very much unlearn that. Um, but what I've seen is, you know, the more money you make, the more impact you can have. So like, yeah. if you're a good person, like if you're out there doing awesome things, the more money you have, you're just going to do more than more of that. Right. If you're an asshole, you're still going to be an asshole with money. You know what I mean? Like it, right. it, it really has nothing to do with the money. Mm -mm. So yeah, money's an yeah. amplifier. Like that's it. All money is, is an amplifier. So if you're an asshole, you're going to stay an asshole. You're just going to be an asshole with more money. If you're a good person, if you have a lot of money, like I've said this from day one, I was like, I have every intention of being so filthy rich because I'm a really good person. And I do a lot of really good things with my money. And yeah, I mean, that's why I'll never feel guilty about running my business with the tax strategy that we run it with. Like I'll never feel bad about right. that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So talk to me about the best way, like you kind of mentioned like the house thing, which we're going to, I mean, you and I have talked about doing with my house now that we've, now that we're in and like your employee, mm -hmm. your employed children, like talk to me about that. 
Okay, so here are the big the big hitters that we run through S corps. So uh, when you have an S corp, or if you're like teetering on the edge, like should I do this? Should I not do this? Let me tell you the things that we do within an S corp that make it really worth it. And the the decision to weigh is that having an S corp means that you're filing an extra return. So you have your personal return that you file in April, uh, your personal taxes. An S corp files its own return. It's like its own person, right? Mm -hmm. So it files its own return, which means you're paying somebody like me or somebody else to file two returns. So there is a cost involved. I will say that. So now you're paying to have two returns done instead of just one. So that's kind of the decision making factor. And there's one additional thing that has to happen in an S corp, and that's that the owner has to be on pay. Payroll. So what we do for that is we put you on the lowest amount that is reasonable. So the rule is that it just has to be a reasonable salary. Now, if you're something like a brain surgeon, a reasonable salary is going to be a lot different than, you know, a business coach, <laughs> right? Cause that's a lot more subjective. So really, I mean, even I, my salary, I pay myself three grand a month, which is really not a very high salary, but, but you know, it's reasonable. <laughs> yeah, it's reasonable. I'm just a lowly accountant, right? Yeah. Um, so that's what I pay myself. I pay taxes on that amount, payroll taxes and, and the whole thing. So, um, but then the rest I can take out of my company. So obviously I need more than $3,000 a month to live off of. So the rest I pull out as distributions and that's tax-free to me. Uh, so in any event, with an S-Corp, these are the things that we do. So typically, one of the first things that we talk about is, do you have kids? If you have children um, under the age of 18, you can employ them through the business. And it's kind of nice because everybody gets something called a standard deduction. In 2023, the standard deduction is... I actually don't know what it is for 2023 because I'm doing 2022 tax returns right now. So for 2022, it was $12,950. So that's everybody's standard deduction that they get. So basically, if you make that amount or less, it gets wiped out by this special deduction that the IRS gives everybody. So we pay kids that amount because it doesn't have to be reported. You don't owe any tax on it. So uh, if your child is, is under 18, we can pay them that amount and there's no tax implication. Now it used to be that a child had to be able to get a work permit and actually do some reasonable work. Now that people, you know, have digital businesses and, and the whole thing, we tend to call really young children. I mean, even babies, children models, we say, put the child on your Instagram, put the child on your website, and they're being paid to model for your business. And that's totally legit. Mm -hmm. And you can pay them, you know, once a month or all at the end of the year, however you want to do it. Um, there is a little bit of administration that goes into that, like some payroll tax forms have to be filed, that sort of thing. They do get a W-2, but it becomes a deduction to your business for 13 grand almost. And your child is not paying tax on it. You're not paying tax on it. So it's a free 13 grand write-off. Yeah. If you have more kids, you just multiply that. And you could so put that, that into like a Roth account for them. You can actually do, so you can add another six grand to put into a Roth or yeah. a traditional IRA. So you can actually add, and you can even add above and beyond. If you want to pay your kid 40 grand, that's fine. There will be some tax on that. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, so you can do 12,950 plus an additional six completely tax-free to your child. Mm -hmm. And if you put it in a Roth, the cool thing is that, you know, you're putting it in tax-free up front because there's no tax on it because they're 
in the 0% tax bracket. And the nice thing about a Roth is that it goes in after tax, but there was no tax and it grows tax-free. So imagine your child is 10 and your child doesn't touch that until they're 60. That, and you're doing this every year, that's, that account is going to be worth millions of dollars. And yeah. by putting nominal, not nominal, but, you know, chunks of money in every year. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's pretty good. That's setting yeah. your child up pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I wish my parents would have done that for me. My dad's a CPA and I really wish he would have done that, but <laughs> I know I keep telling my son, I, I was like, we were talking about the other night. Cause like, this is, we talked about, this is what we're going to start doing for Owen this year. And I was like, I was like, this is like a huge deal for him. Like this will set him up for so much success. Cause he's seven right now. Like we yeah, got, 100%. we got time to make him, you know, a real good yeah. chunk of change. And the cool thing too, for the parents. So some of you are like, uh, what if I don't want to give my kid 13 grand a year for not really doing much now, if you're not as nice of a parent like me, I take the money back out once the money transfers into your child's bank account. So like I set up savings accounts for both my kids, the 12,950, once it's there, you can do whatever you want with it. So my kids gift it back to me. Mm -hmm. Now the 6,000, if you put it in a Roth, that has to stay there. Uh, you don't want to take that out until they're 59 and a half. So that stays there, but the 12,950, you can pull it back out. You can do whatever you want. I actually use part of it to pay for private school tuition for my daughter. So, mm -hmm. you know, that tax essentially free, makes her tax free school. Tax -free. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's children's payroll. That one's awesome. It's easy. Uh, not a ton of compliance involved. So that's children's payroll. Um, the other one that we use is Augusta strategy. So how Augusta strategy works is you, there's a law that says you can rent out your home. If you own your own home, you can rent it out for 14 days or less. And the income that you get for renting it out is tax-free to you. So that's for people. It started actually um, in Augusta, Georgia, when people were renting out their homes for the PGA golf tournament. Mm -hmm. So they were renting it out only for like a weekend, but they were making a, a you know decent amount of money because a bunch of people were traveling there, but they were only renting it out for the weekend. So the IRS said, well, that's just kind of like funny money. Basically, you don't have to report it because you're not in the business of having a rental property. So 14 days or less is tax-free. So what we do is we have your S-Corp, your business, rent out your home from you to have uh, monthly board meetings and then a semi-annual meeting and an annual meeting. So 14 days out of the year, they can be of your choosing. We have you keep minutes, which is basically like a Word document saying this meeting occurred. Um, mm -hmm. And we come up with a, a fair rental value, which we come up with that by taking 1% of the fair market value of your home. So if your home is a million dollars, 1% of it would be $1,000. So the rent value would be $1,000 a day multiplied by 14. You have a $14,000 tax deduction for rent on the business that you're not picking up as, as income on the personal side. So that's another free deduction. The rule says though, that you have to have an office outside of the home too. Mm -hmm. So now it doesn't have to be like something super official and fancy. You can have like a virtual office somewhere or another space where you do your work. So that's how that works. So that's Augusta strategy. That one's super easy. Again, very little compliance. We give you a 1099 for it. And then we report it on your tax return and then back it out um, saying, you know, the IRS says you don't have to report this. So that's Augusta strategy. So that's another like free chunk of money that you get. So the and money is that, still yours. Could that board meeting be like 
a photo shoot for your brand? It could be for whatever you wanted. Yeah. You could rent it out for photo shoots. It could, you could rent it out for whatever. Mm -hmm. So then if I, my business is renting out my house for a thousand dollars a day and, um, I'm using it for a photo shoot, then, you know, for photo shoots, you also need, you need clothes and you need, you know, some, you know, the, the, the outfits that you're going to wear and you need some props and, you know, you're probably going to want to buy the like food for everybody. And, you know, then that just kind of adds, right? Yes. So the clothes is where there's another gray area. Some accountants are very much like no on the clothes and some say yes. I say yes. And the reason is because I don't think now, granted, if you're, um, buying like Christian Dior, everything or Chanel and (laughs) and your clothing expense for the year is like $50,000. That could be questionable. Mm -hmm. Um, but if it's here and there for a couple photo shoots, fine. Um, but technically the rule is that the clothing has to be for business use only, and that you can't use it in your normal life. So great. That's the technical (laughs) rule, but I mean, I do it. So I'm just saying, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. When I have a photo shoot, I buy things for the photo shoot and I expense them. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And if you need a, if you need like a new ring light for that photo shoot or, you know, business equipment. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So I also write it off. If I get my hair and makeup done for it and that the whole thing. Yeah. Right. And like, uh, computers you like if you you need a new laptop you can write that's a business equipment right like I, I think a lot of people don't realize that like they're like oh well I I don't just use my computer for business I'm like but what's it mostly being used for because it's probably right. business. Yeah. yeah exactly and your phone too um because people yeah. are like oh well my phone is personal well your phone is also for business because you're using you know you're doing email on your phone you're calling people for business you're texting for business so I always say phone is 100% for business and would you use the phone bill? Would you pay that through yes. your business? Yes. Yeah. Cause that's something that you had told me I switched everything over and now like my phone bill, like even our internet in the house, like we put that through huh? our business because like, this yeah. is my home office and like literally the routers right. in my office. So we started to pay that through my business account. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, you are amazing. And I think there was like one more, let me see. Let me make sure that was all of the questions. This, everyone's going to go batty for this. Um, okay. We went over that, how to write over, how to write off personal appearance stuff for a social media based business. We went over that. Um, okay. So here's one. So I, I have a lot of people that listen to this who are in the network marketing space and they write off product that they buy from their company. How much of that can you write off? product that they buy from their company. So they're selling like, um, I'm just trying to think I have somebody that does like scout and seller wine. Right. So they're buying it. And then, yeah, so that's, that's totally deductible. Now, uh, there are some, some weird things. Like if you're buying and selling something like wine and let's say you buy like 20 grand worth of wine, but you've only sold $2,000 of it, but you still have all of this wine. So that's technically considered inventory and you don't get to write it off until you've sold it. Right now, if you're just buying it to put in a promotional video, so you have like three bottles of wine and you're like, look at, this is my nice bottle of red. This is my bottle Mm -hmm. of white, you know, whatever deduct that. But if you're buying in bulk and holding as inventory, you don't get to deduct that until you sell it. Right. So if it's like, and a lot of companies, I don't think have you buy anything in bulk anymore, but I'm thinking like 
like the one that I was like with heavily, like that company, you know, new products would come out and I've never used these products before. And so the first couple times I buy those products, that's like new marketing materials for my business. But then you, it wasn't it true that like the more you, if it's like something that it's just like you're part of your everyday use and you're buying it for personal use, now it's no longer a write-off, right? Yeah. But if you're also posting about it because you're trying to sell it, I would put that as part of your advertising cost. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So there we go. So yes, the answer to that question is probably. (laughs) But it's different than being like, look at this Louis Vuitton bag I got. Do you guys want to buy one? Like that's not. That's not, not what you're talking about. Not the same right. Thing. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about the products that your business, that the company that you've partnered yeah. with as a network marketer, the products they sell, not like, oh, I'm a network marketer. And like for my Instagram, like I'm going to write off this outfit that I did stories with today. Like that's a 100%. different. Yeah. That's, that's different. Um, I should say too, I, I do get quite a few questions about plastic surgery. Um, mm. If you're an influencer, if you're online a lot, that is still not deductible. And there have been a lot of case, there's a lot of case law that mm. does not support that. So, um, Botox yeah. and your Botox and your filler. Uh, Botox and filler is actually different. So what I do oh. for that is if you have an escort, you can set up what is called a medical expense reimbursement plan where you, and this is why you hire your spouse and they're an employee and you say, Hey, employees, I'm going to reimburse your medical expenses. So that means their medical and it includes their family, which is also your family. And so you reimburse medical expenses, which means you're reimbursing your own. So that's how I write off my Botox and my filler. Oh my gosh, you just taught me something. I need to write off my Botox and my lips. <laughs> Why have I not been doing this? Oh my God. Yeah. Okay, well, great. That's good to know. But you're talking like you go get a facelift. You go yeah, get a facelift, yeah, but, you go get your um, boobs done. Yeah, don't get your boobs done that way. Uh, sorry, you got to pay for that out of pocket. But things like therapy, chiropractic, uh, massage, that can all be written off that way. If you're doing like a lot of like herbal supplements and oils and things like that, that can all be written off that way too. So yeah. 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 We've been writing all that off for me for a while. And then, um, what about like, and I, I know the answer to this, but I know some people are like, they question this. Like I have a business coach that's training. That's like education for me. hundred percent write off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, some of the best money that I've spent in my business was when I felt like I did not have the money to spend it. And I spent like $10,000 to go to like a Tony Robbins business mastery class. And I was like, I can't afford this. I felt like I couldn't afford it, but I did it and it was great. And I earned the money back. In tenfold. Oh my gosh. I yeah. was, we were, t- I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day. I was like, I have probably like by the end of this month, between what I've invested in my coach plus invested into like designing and decorating this home the way that we want it, because we're going to use it for business. We're going to use it for all the things like I've, it's, I mean, it's, it's way more than $50,000 and like, Mm -hmm. will I make that much? Maybe, but like ultimately the money, that 5,000 that I'm paying per month to my coach is just like, it's exponential growth, right? Like that is exponential growth for my business. Like it's a no brainer. Crazy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, well, I think like the way that you do this is so, so, so refreshing. And 
honestly, like, I'm so glad that we did this because I know so many people are, are really, you know, one of my clients, she was, she was in my, we were on Voxer a couple weeks ago and she was like, my tax person is saying, and she has an LLC. She filed an S corp. Like she's done all the things. And she's like, my, my accountant is saying that I can't write off this and I can't write off that. And I'm like, that sounds really crazy to me. And like, obviously I am not a tax person, so I cannot give you like official (laughs) advice. But what I can say based on like what I do with my business is this person is old school and is like very conservative with what they're willing to do. And it might be time to get a new tax strategist Mm -hmm. because seems like, seems like they're not, they're not being as like aggressive as they could be given the business. Like she's a coach. She's a coach like me. Like there are things that she should be able to do that. She's like being told again, uh, like opposite of. And I, that's why everybody that comes to me, I'm like, here's Kristen's email. (laughs) Go talk to Kristen. Well, thank you so much for today, y'all. I'm putting, yeah, I'm putting Kristen's info in our show notes, but like, as always, you can always come find me on Instagram, Danielle underscore on the daily. You can email my team, hey, at daniellemcleary.com. You can get Kristen's info. I can connect y'all. Like she is absolutely amazing. Her team is amazing. She literally has someone on her team named Lovely. Like if that doesn't tell you something... (laughs) Like lovely is quite literally the most lovely human. <laughs> it's just really the best. And I'm like, I'm so glad that I finally got breezy to like handle all of like her bookkeeping questions every month. Cause I was like, I am dropping the ball hard right now. <laughs> so thank goodness for lovely. Thank goodness for breezy. And like, like I said, if you are feeling like you're in the woods with your taxes and it feels like a stressful situation, it doesn't have to. And I think that's like one of the biggest takeaways from working with you is like tax season is not stressful for me. Like it really isn't. And maybe it should be more stressful, but it's just not. And I just, I trust like everything is going to work out the way it should. And I'm like, I know that's because I'm working with you because it never used to be that way. So thank you. Of course. You're amazing. I love working with you. I have, I have the best clients. I really do. That's the best, right? Like when you're like, I love what I do and I love my clients and I love my life and I'm still a really present mom and you know, I, my central nervous system is regulated. Yeah, true. Amazing. Well, thank you again. And I'm sure we'll talk soon. All right. All thank right, you. Bye. bye. bye.